afternoon. Uh, bienvenido to The Keeg Live, uh, the show uh, by The Keeg, where we talk about a different geek topic every geek week. Uh, this geek week, we're talking about the Marvel Cinematic Universe, specifically the future of the Marvel Cinematic Universe, because we've all seen every single Marvel movie. Uh, so let's talk about what's to come, shall we? Uh, who am I? Who's speaking right now? I'm your host, Dimitri Pereira. It is quarantine, lockdown season, uh, so we're all indoors. But luckily, I got two wonderful guests for you guys today. It's just not not just me. I got two wonderful guests. First, we got comedian and uh, uh, soon-to-be master, uh, Winston Andrus. Winston, how you doing, man? I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. Cool. Cool, 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 cool. Subtle. I like it. <laughs> uh, I felt like you were surprised when I was like, and also, and you're like, wait, what else? What else am I? I don't, you always change up what you want to describe me as whenever I'm on your shows. Like, I also am the contributing writer for uh, the Grand, Grand Geek uh, Gathering. Um, that's right. That's right. That's sometimes in there. Sometimes I'm I'm just improviser. So I'm I'm more shocked. Uh, uh, I'm getting more names. That's I'm yeah. getting more titles. Soon to be Lord. I'm very happy. Well, I'm trying to get a thing where we get like merit badges. You know what I mean? Sure. And so like we can have a little sash with all our titles there on we it go. and our interests. You know? Yeah. I did help that old lady across the street the other day, and I I want to retroactively get that badge. So. Oh yeah, I'll give that. I'll give that to you. But you have to get the time. You got to get the time travel badge first to retroactively get a badge. So we're gonna work on it. We're gonna work on it. All right. Uh, The second guest that we have today, uh, she has a a merit badge, which is a blue circle with a white four on it. We got Lisa Brian. Hi, it me. I like my badge. That would be not cool, everybody right? does, but that's okay. Yeah. You are you, yeah. It's you just... are the biggest Fantastic Four fan that I know. It's honestly, tragically, not that hard to be one. The biggest that you know. Oh, the biggest. It's yeah, you I, I feel like it is hard to be a Fantastic Four fan when the movies have let us down and there's no new content, really. You know, a little bit. It just rebooted the series. It's going yeah. pretty strong. Yeah, I mean, the series is good. Like, the comic series. I was about to say yeah. it's always there, but no, that got, like, that went missing for a while, too. Yep. Uh, that went missing as part of the hostage deal that uh, Fox and Marvel were going through. Yep. Oh, man. Uh, as an X-Men fan, I know exactly uh, uh, what you're talking about, because they suddenly booted X-Men and were like, Oh, the Inhumans are the new X-Men. Um, so Here's the funny it. thing. X-Men were my gateway drug into comics, so they're like my second favorite. And then I have I Fantastic it. Four are my favorite. So yeah. it's like, I've not, I've not done well, is what no. I'm trying to say. Like, my loyalties haven't panned out great. Yeah, so you far. have backed the wrong pony. Uh, or a couple of ponies. Like... Uh, yeah, yeah. Out of, who would have thought? Who would have thought that out of all the Marvel properties to last the test of time, like X Men wouldn't be around? 
Like, it's so weird. Like, Fantastic Four but has they- always been hit or miss. No, I know. Like, Fox, with, with the Fox movies. But, like, the Marvel movies are, like, way more popular. Like, the MCU. Right. Like... Yeah, I... Yeah, but... That, I Okay, if we're just strictly talking about MCU, or movies in general, sure. It's been rough being an X-Men yeah. fan. And especially right. a Fantastic Four fan. It wasn't um, rough at first to be an X-Men fan. Was what now? First two movies were pretty solid. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. Yeah. But then... Yeah. But then Brett Ratner... <laughs> but then, like, First Class was showing potential. Days of Future Press was dope. Uh, Days of Future Oh, that's Past one of my favorites. Singer's that's Day. literally one of my favorite Superman movies. I'm sorry I made Superman Returns. That was, that was not... To me, that was uh, uh, an alternate timeline where three was this movie. Oh yeah. Uh, well, I mean, X Men Three was. Uh, it's like you know, uh, let's get rid of the director that we've had. Let's bring on the director of Rush Hour. Let's just, you know, he may be problematic in the future, uh, but we'll. And in the in the present, he was doing yeah. really weird shit. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, not great. Maybe it'll come. It'll come to light in the future. Let's figure. We'll, yeah. we'll wait on that. Maybe maybe some other superhero franchise will deal with that fallout. Uh, cut to two, what 2016, 17, where Gal Gadot was like, "Oh, uh, yeah, I'm not doing a second movie if he's coming back for yeah. Wonder Woman." So yeah. Very problematic. Um, and Days of Future Past is like my favorite, eh, one of my favorite superhero movies of all time. Because uh, it gave but, me. But so I really help. enjoyed it. Or Rogue Cut. Uh, I haven't finished Rogue Cut because uh, uh, I've seen the original cut so many times. And the Rogue huh. Cut. Yeah, the Rogue Cut just has one extra scene, right? I think it has two. It's it okay. it is it's a special features. They just kind of like there it is. It's like whenever you yeah. watch the Harry Potter movie on Freeform every once when it was on Freeform, and you're like, yeah, oh, this is the extended version. I wasn't realizing that. Okay, yeah, but it didn't really didn't really add to anything. It just existed. Right, it's like, uh, it's kind of like uh, the unrated cuts of like comedy movies where they were like, they're like, let's throw in a couple more jokes and maybe there might be a couple more cuss words, and that makes the unrated cut, and it's like fifteen seconds longer. You know what director's cut is garbage? Is the Watchmen Wait. movie? I oh, agree. Like, the director's I- cut is awful. How long is it? Yeah. Three and a half hours? It's, something like that? It ta- they add like an extra like half hour to 40 minutes and it, of not, none of it is needed. Of what? What do they add? You, you watch uh, Old Man Owl's Eye and you're like, I didn't want to see yeah. that. Did oh. not, didn't didn't, didn't want to see him get beat to death. I remember in the comics he did and it was awful. Yeah. Uh, they just added a lot of that stuff from the comics that didn't need to be there. Yeah. It was uh, boring. Something about Snyder and like filming way too much and going overboard is that a thing? Uh, I feel like, like, come on, yeah. man, 
why are they giving him unlimited budgets to film literally like wasted footage? I don't think they are giving him unlimited budgets. I think that's why there is the chance for the Snyder cut. I just think he's doing this and causing a huge amount of friction with the studios to the point where they're like, well, you got to finish this now. And if not, we'll bring in someone else who can and then extenuating circumstances happen. And then, yeah, that happens. I, I know that like the Snyder cut has been a huge thing recently with people talking about it. I couldn't care less. I think like some people are excited for it and I don't want to yuck their yum, but like, I think yeah. it's going to suck. Regardless. But like a little bit. I kind of want to a little bit. <laughs> I mean, I'm interested to see what the changes are, but I think it's going to suck. But I'm not I'm not interested at all at what those changes are because there's a Snyder cut of the the very movie before this one and it still was a train wreck of a movie. So, okay. I don't know what vindication I get I get fandoms rallying around people in their darkest hour, which is yeah. during the filming of the Justice League, that is the Snyder family's darkest hour. And I appreciate the support that mm-hmm. the fandom is giving that family because he's going, his entire family is going through a, a lot. Something that I can't even possibly imagine in terms of, of pain. But mm-hmm. I can. Yeah. Well, I can understand their pain. Right. Uh, we just talked about it. You what? We just talked about it. Because the, the new Fantastic Four movie went through the same shit. Like, they had the director leave and they had the studio take over, and it was a nightmare. Oh, okay. Wait, are you saying yeah. fan or fam? Because Snyder's fam. It uh, went through the. I'm the, talking about Snyder's family. Oh, yeah. Family. The death of he the daughter. Because his, his daughter. Suicide. That's oh, his, oh, right. Son. Yeah. Yeah. And that's why Joss Whedon even gets the call up, is because of this whole thing. So yeah. this is all stemming from let's protect and make Zack Snyder and the Snyder family very precious because right now he's hurting. But yeah. it's now turned because. I, I, in general, DC fans have, I think, been corrupted over years of, of disappointment uh, to become very, very toxic and demanding this Snyder Cut and, and in some way will somehow save the world. And it, it won't. <laughs> it, it just... There's only but, so much editing you can do. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I heard, like, I've heard wacky things. Like, not, I mean... Okay, Dark Side is going to be in the Snyder Cut, but I heard, like, Ryan Reynolds could be Hal Jordan in it, and that, like, Martian Manhunter they... will pop up. And, like, Yeah, there's been, there's been a whole bunch of... Yeah. I the, don't know what's going it's on. It's not just been Ryan Reynolds. It's not just been Ryan Reynolds that has been rumored to be Hal Jordan. Uh, an actor, I think his name is Sam Bradshaw? Uh, was rumored and then like uh, fan concept art started popping up about what he would look like as Hal Jordan 
Mm. And I don't know. Uh, uh, John Stewart was also teased as a possibility. I mean, I'm still on board with Idris Elba. Please give me Idris uh, Elba as yeah. John Stewart. Um, yeah. Uh, not in this movie. Give get get him away from this. Uh, uh, do Black I'm with Night you. Or I don't know. Yeah. Uh, I don't know what to say. Uh, I the Snyder Cut is. Uh, I people are going too wild with like getting director's cuts. Like I was live tweeting Batman Forever. Winston knows this. I was I was tw- live tweeting uh, watching mm-hmm. Batman Forever and live tweeting it, and somebody was like, "Hey." Can you do this? Uh, it's okay if you can't. I understand. But tomorrow, can you tweet, release the Schumacher cut of Batman Forever? Like, tweet that tomorrow because we need the real Schumacher cut of Batman Forever. And, like, somebody's trying to get Is that because he died? Is that why? It's because he's dead now? And they're like, we gotta... he died. It was before he died. No! This was, like, a couple weeks ago. Uh, to, to commemorate the 25th anniversary of Batman yeah. Forever. And I was which like, is I awesome. Well, now I feel old. <laughs> I think it's just, it's all neon. It's just all neon, and the Batmobile is a legitimate penis, and it's just, <laughs> it's, it's, that's the Bacher cut. Um, and I'm yeah. just sitting here like, I saw that movie in theaters, and you just did the 25th anniversary. So, Ooh. you know. I feel give good. Me, give me the give me the trink cut of fan fantastic. No, but don't no, do, the, do not do that. that. Did you say the twink the, the, cut? The trank, the Josh I Trank version. Oh, I thought you, but, said, you know, I'll take the twink version. Okay. <laughs> I mean, they made oh. Ben a twink, so why not? I mean, kind kind of Billy Elliot, you know, the kid who played Billy yeah, Elliot. What Jamie Bell? Who the who decided? Who looked at Ben Grimm and went, okay, we need this big football player. Yeah. Got it. Yeah. That guy. I was even thinking back. I don't I don't even think the ultimate characters were Jamie Bell or Josh. No. What is no, he was huge. Yeah, he was a big dude. Yeah. Ben was enormous. Bring back chickless. Um that was way too old. (laughs) But yeah. No, I know. What if they had like a thing, Dad? Because they keep doing like Michael Keaton is is always gonna be like old Batman. Summers, just like there's the thing, and then there's things, Dad, and it's Michael Chiklis. Amazing. I would if if he was like Ben's dad, I'd be all over it. Holy shit! Yeah, Yeah. do you guys that would be amazing? Like it? Do you guys like it when comic properties bring in cameos of like the past people who played them, like? 100%. 100%. Absolutely. Like the Arrowverse. The Arrowverse does that a lot. Yeah. Yeah, but it, I, a lot of that is, is their own vindication. Like when they brought back uh, the 90s Flash, it was like, oh, yeah. yeah, this doesn't suck anymore. Remember? We had a show in the 90s, but it kind of tanked, but now it doesn't. Yeah. And we got them. Like, but, it's fun. Yeah, it's it's, it's fun, fun to get winked at. It's harmless. Yeah, it's it's very harmless. Have you to do? Have you heard the story of Tom Holland on the set of Homecoming, where Michael Keaton during their fight scenes would just whisper in his ear, "I'm Batman." Yes, <laughs> and it's it's perfect. 
Um, like, what a legend. Yeah. I Will he never not be a flying character in a comic book? No. That yes. is... I hope not. I hope he always has wings. I hope they find <laughs> more, like... I hope he, he, like, goes into an image movie and he's a character with wings for no reason. <laughs> I hope he just yeah. always is flying. They just well, always he's coming on back as Vulture. Oh, they're doing the Sinister Six thing, right? Yeah. They're doing yeah. that. I mean, and also, like, he's going to be Batman in the Flashpoint movie. So he's I don't think be- it's ever going to get made. No, that's what always makes me laugh, is that people are like, oh, the Flashpoint movie's happening. Look at Michael Keaton joining. Like, eh, an actor's not a director or a writer, so I don't know what you got. Uh, yeah. But, yeah, right. I, give, give me yeah. a production team? Uh, anything? They don't even have Michael a director anymore. <laughs> no, you think he's Mike, cycling through that. <laughs> yeah. You think Michael Keaton would jump onto a project that doesn't have a director? Like, he's better than he that. He said he's open. He, everybody says they're open. Like, you know what I mean? <laughs> um, let's, yes. let's, talk, let's talk this Marvel Cinematic Universe. Michael, ah. The thing I'm trying to, supposed to talk about. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, this episode's about Michael Keaton, right? Yeah. Michael, Michael Keaton in the MCU, yeah. That's okay, his, I'm ready. I've been thinking of. His most famous comic book role, The Vulture. Um, Correct. <laughs> <laughs> uh, in multiplicity i'm really Ooh. curious on yeah the, he's playing multiple man right is that is that Michael <laughs> oh, that's a multiple man movie his multiple man senses are tingling like someone just <laughs> mentioned jamie madrox what <laughs> uh, oh man don't get me started on on just like the future of x-men like that that's like my baby like x-men is ah um the marvel universe has gone through a lot uh Mm. and they've earned their rightful spot like as the number one movie franchise of like all time um and it sucks when i like as a dc fan as well i'm a you know both a dc and a marvel fan that like dc can't get their shit together which is, I think, what we've been talking about for the past half hour is like, yep, DZ can't get their shit together. Um, but Marvel had the patience. Sorry, Marvel had the, Marvel had the patience to build the characters one by one and bring them together. DC's like, we're just gonna just throw everything at you at once, and you're supposed to care. Right. Yeah. I think a lot of a lot of that also has to do with the fact that. Um, Marvel started first, so DC feels so much behind the gun on things that they were like, oh, no, no, we got to go. We got to start with Avengers. Instead of being like, no, there's organic growth. You make these characters individuals, then you do the thing. Yeah. Um, A Batman movie. They did it with Wonder Woman, and I was like, cool. Yeah. That's what you're trying to do, but she was in another movie before what? No. Yeah. 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 But it's... it's, uh, It's going back to, like, I think Warner Brothers still has this mentality where, like, comic book... I know Jeff Johns is on the creative team, but it's still, like, comic book people and movie makers don't ever talk to each other. No. They're very heavily censored because they're making movies and the comic people can make the comics. We're in Marvel. Everybody is ostensibly together. 
right uh, forward. Yeah, I when we look at the two companies, DC and Marvel, like Marvel was the first to create like to create this like shared universe, yes. But like DC has been making movies on and off for like decades, right? And like, but they keep reverting yep. back to, oh, Batman's our only property that makes money. And then Marvel took a risk with Iron Man and showed that like you can make people care about like these because Iron Man was a B-list hero to me at least. It was. Like, I remember know? it was like, why an Iron Man movie first. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I everyone actually did that. I think yeah. everyone was like, why aren't they taking Spider Man from Sony? Uh, yeah. And then they're just they're, like, they're oh. Here's Robert Downey Jr. to make him extremely charismatic. Boom. Right. But even then, uh, it was still like, wait, we're still hate Robert Downey Jr. Why? And then everyone saw the trailer and was like, that's why. This is why we need to do this. This is perfect. It was his, uh, it was his comeback tour. Yeah. 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 But, well, yeah. I think he was going to break out, period. Because like movies like Kiss Kiss Bang Bang. And uh, he's, his career was getting there. Uh, it was just they. He lucked out with with a Marvel uh, project that made him I, I more money than God. I mean, he. I, I feel like he was gasping for air, like to show that he was not dead yet. He was doing Kiss Kiss Bang Bang, Scanner Darkly, uh, Char, uh, Charlie Bartlett. You know, Sherlock Holmes. Yeah, uh, Sherlock, Sherlock Holmes came after came after Iron Man. That's right. Yeah. So like. He wouldn't have gotten but, Sherlock Holmes if Iron Man didn't uh, didn't happen. Uh, he but then he would have been an indie darling. I still think his star would have flown. He just would have been more of like, uh, uh, well, I was going to say um, the guy who played Charlie Kaufman, uh, Anton Yelchin, Charlie. but he's... Oh, uh, yeah. He, uh, he would have taken that that role of, or Michael Sarah uh, uh, of like, I can do whatever I want to do in the indie films and nobody can touch me. Now he's right. just doing that. Well, now I think he, he is looking for that next gear. Um, right. But I, you know, I think he could have, I honestly think he could have been Tony forever. And we. Right. I, I, I think that like having a Marvel career though is like such a huge, like, not only a money maker it's like a solid like career move you get to do that and then like on your off times you get to do like random other stuff and i think that's like what proves longevity for these actors is that like they have a franchise they can do sequels to while they do other movies right and yeah. so like yeah. like he didn't have a franchise before iron man because i don't think people wanted to Hinge a franchise on. But what was a franchise? Yeah, he was. He's too untrustworthy. Yeah. What was a franchise before Iron Man? Well, that redefined what that meant. True. He he wasn't. He. So I. No. I I agree with you. Because like a franchise was a rotating. It was James Bond. It was Batman. It was Superman. Star Wars. Yeah, Star. Well, yeah, I would say the closest to like a consistent. Star Wars, Star Trek. But even then, franchises. Yeah, but even then, Star Wars was in a prequel. So the franchise, it was much more the creative badge that you put on your product and not the person. Right. But also, we're talking like having a new Indiana Jones, like a series, Indiana Jones, back, uh, yeah. you know, back to the future of Jurassic Park. 
like if you were going to make more of those movies, you would like, you get what I mean? Like, uh, Chris Pratt in Jurassic World, you know? Yeah. What I was going to say though, was Jurassic Park is, is the wild card of that because Lost World was a character, but it was a completely different universe. And then same with Jurassic Park three, they, they put one person in and then, uh, put a whole right. new cast around them. Right. So, but I, 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 the core of what you were saying, I get. I am. Yeah. Idea. Yeah. Like for. Yeah, he for was instance, too untrustworthy for a long right. time. Right. Like, if Iron Man didn't happen and the studios were like, hey, we want like two, three Sherlock Holmes movies, they would think about Robert Downey Jr. and they would say, I don't know whether we're going to be able to trust him for three movies. If you ever wanted to do a trilogy with Robert Downey Jr. and he hadn't done Iron Man, he wouldn't be trustworthy to hinge a trilogy on. But I, that's where I disagree. I think he was making... An, I mean, obviously, what we're talking about is a counterfactual history where Robert Downey Jr. doesn't make Iron Man. So who knows what that would really look like. But <laughs> right. I don't want to live in that world. I don't, <laughs> luckily, we don't have to live. We have to li- live in this world. For good and mostly bad, yeah. um, but in any case, uh, in my in my predicted split of the timeline, you're also at 1985. There you go. Um, he would have been as successful to be Sherlock Holmes, whether or not he wanted to be that, or whether or not that property would have even existed, is a completely different story. But I think he would have been that type of. He would have had that clout. To do that, okay. I guess agree to disagree there. I think like hinging. Yeah, like, I don't know. Yeah, Lisa, Lisa, uh, do do you have any you have any thoughts on that matter? Yeah, he just had too much of a rough history before that to like have anybody trust him. But they and were, Iron Man proved he yeah. could be trusted. Yeah, and not only yeah. that, but he could be a draw. Yeah, and yeah. he could be charismatic, and he could play an established character. Like, I think. I think Dimitri's right. I don't. I don't know that he would have become what he is without Tony Stark. Like, there's no way. I don't. I don't. Yeah, I don't think it would have been a right away. I don't think it would have been 2008 where we would have seen that. I think it might have been, you know, 2013 that we would have might maybe have seen that version of Tony in this in this alternate uh, 1985. But I think it was there. I think he was he was building cons- consistent good roles up he's, to he's that point. padding his resume. Yeah. Yeah. And then yeah, he got the um, big so project. Right. Um, so I think a big project would have hit him, but it might not have been 2008. That's all I was saying. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I, yeah, and I don't know if I've seen a career renaissance like Robert Downey okay. Jr.'s ever. Absolutely. Like, I mean, it's insane. Man, yeah. The man went from a brunette to a blonde and nobody said anything because they loved him so much. I mean, he was a chop dude. He's a chop of thunder. Dude. I know. I know. I, I, I still, I love his role in Tropic Thunder. Yeah, and I think for that one. Yeah, I think it's, it's divisive, but I think that there's a nuance in his Tropic Thunder role uh, as a satire that doesn't, it's not the same as like what everybody's canceling people for. Like it's it's not the same. He it it is like pre-cancel culture, like mocking those kinds of actors. 
Right. Like he was a, he was straight up mocking those sorts of actors with that role. Yeah. And he nailed I mean, it. Yeah. As as a satire, doing... it should have been the end. It should have been the end of like that type of thing, and it wasn't. And like, you know what I mean? Like, it, it should have been the like, end. Like, why of, is this of, still a thing? Yeah. It should have ended it with a bow of, with this satire, and then been like, let's move forward. And Hollywood did not get the message, and which kind of makes it funnier in a way. It's still around. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and then you know Justin Trudeau in Canada was like, "Hey, huh? That brings me back." Okay, um, <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm sure Justin Trudeau was like, "Come up here." Was like, um, "Yeah," in in college when I was was at a Halloween party. This brings me back. Yeah. By the way, uh, just a side note, Justin Trudeau, I like making the jokes about Justin Trudeau because, like, other than this and, like, maybe uh, another thing, I don't know, uh, I like him. He seems okay, except for, like, this one weird-ass, like, thing. And I'm like, okay. So I don't get angry when I talk about Justin Trudeau in blackface that should have been brownface because he was Aladdin. Like, he didn't need that, but okay. Uh, I don't get mad like I do with other people. So I'm, I, it's co comedic material for me. I'm like, okay, Justin Trudeau yeah. with blackface. All right. I don't know what to say about that. Um, this is so my favorite discussion of the MCU. <laughs> Talk about <laughs> Yeah, this is good. Yeah. Good material. Uh, we're hitting, we're hitting all the big Marvel Cinematic Universe, uh, uh, you know, tentpole. Justin uh, Trudeau in blackface, Prophet <laughs> Thunder. Would Robert Downey Jr. still get it in 2020 if he did Iron Man? Yeah. All the hits. Um, <laughs> uh, I think okay. So with Marvel like the Marvel properties, like they tapped into something that hadn't been tapped in before. They made history. They did new things. They took chances. They made mistakes. They got messy, right? Uh, what do you think? What do you think are the uh, big, like, what's the X factor? Pun, pun, not intended, but now it's intended. Yeah. Uh, what's the X factor with Marvel Cinematic Universe? For me, at least as a fan, I liked how each of the different movies were like a different genre, right? Yeah. Like, they didn't stick to one genre per movie, like Iron Man was this type. It was like a, an action adventure. And then you had Captain America, which is like a historical drama. And you had um, Thor be a little more on the comedic side. Uh, or then it got, that was a fantasy yeah. sort like a fish of thing. Out of water, like, fish out of water fantasy type thing. Fish out of water fantasy scenario, or like an urban fish out of water urban fantasy type of story. Yeah. And Coming that's what I think America? really really helped also good writing it goes yeah. a long way just saying but yeah. that's what i loved most about the marvel cinematic universe is it's not just one genre done over and over and over again yeah with different characters uh yeah yeah for me it, yeah winston sorry uh yeah i was gonna say for me it was uh a lot of what lisa just said it's the it was the individuality up to 
I guess the first Avengers. Because then uh, we get more of a formula for some characters uh, and other characters um, got a really cool different identity change. Like Captain America evolved from being um, a World War II movie to being yeah. Three Days in Condor. The days, yeah, Three Days of Condor or Three Days of the Jackal. A, a spy thriller. Yeah, spy right, which was a spy thriller movie, which was insane. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, I mean, people don't like Iron Man 3, and there are a lot of... I feel like the biggest criticism are nitpicking and not really looking at um, larger things, because I, I, I will defend the fact that uh, Iron Man... There's a movie in the MCU that at least attempts to handle superhero PTSD and that is a a noble attempt. I don't think they stick the landing on that, but that does right. not mean that okay. the attempt wasn't good. That there's I, I wish they had gone more into that route of of talk, especially when you're talking about extremists. Um yeah. I, I think it would have been really cool. It didn't they, work. They that definitely way. They definitely bring up the PTSD factor in Endgame, though. Yeah, um, they do. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, definitely hit on. Yeah. Uh, so I felt like I, that was a constant, though, with Tony Stark. Like every Avengers movie brought up his like some sort of thing, right? Like Age of Ultron brought well, up like yeah. everyone's dead around him thing, right? Wasn't that like a Vision of the Future thing? Yeah. Yeah, that was it, his vision it, in Ultron. It yeah. was. Was Thanos? I. I they dropped that so very quickly. Like they gave it to him, and then like, they didn't. Nah. It was just <laughs> kind of something to have. Just because Tony was having, like, he's had PTSD since his accident in the Middle East. Like that's always yeah. kind of been like his thing, and yeah. his nightmares got worse and worse over time yeah, instead I, of getting better. Yeah. I think uh, post post Iron Man, yeah, post first Iron Man, I think. I, the, the subsequent Iron Man appearances have been um, a lot of writers and a lot of directors wanting to take the ball and run with Tony. And mm, I think Disney has kind of put the brakes on. Like Iron Man 2 was trying to legitimately do Demon in a Bottle. And I I am uh, very happy that... that Favreau was was attempting one of the most popular stories. Go with that. Try to hit uh, the realism with a dude who dresses up in a mech suit to fight bad guys. Awesome. It was never going to happen. Um, yeah. And then again, going with Shane Black trying to do PTSD and, and Joss Whedon to a lesser extent. Um, again, I think it's uh, uh, a, a Disney pumping the brakes because at the end of the day, four-year-olds are going to watch this movie and we really want that four-year-old money and if we talk about alcoholism or ptsd or any of the other real problems that these characters would have um we are not going to be making a good movie for those four-year-olds so here's a four-year-old's government about ptsd sometimes yes that's the problem sesame street will have to teach them not their own the mental health, mental health issues should be addressed, even oh, in children's yeah. movies. And it, Pixar does it all the time. Yes. Yeah. Uh, um, 
here's a question for both you guys. Uh, I like to think of the Marvel Cinematic Universe as as something special. Uh, this franchise that uh, has that X factor, like what the X factor is, uh, can be debated. Uh, I think Feige uh, uh, or Feige, Kevin Feige, Feige, uh, Feige? Feige yeah, Feige. being the showrunner of the whole thing obviously helps. Um, but Winston's bringing up a thing. The fact that it's owned by Disney, do you think that impedes it at all? Yes. Are you yes. saying the Marvel Cinematic could be better? Yes. It could be better without Disney? Yes. Uh, I, I think it would be... No, I don't think it would be better without Disney because they tried to do that in the 70s with uh, the Captain America canon films. Um, so no. <laughs> uh, Disney, I mean, Disney Are and you... Marvel see each other a necessary evil to me. I think they both see them, the other company as this is an audience we're tapping into and we're going to use them as much as they use us, but as long as we're both aware that this is what's going on, we can be parasites off each other. Um, that's like a symbiote. Yeah, that's called a yeah. symbiote. Um, no, it's called a symbiote, but that's okay. Um, don't even do that. I I call it a symbiote. <laughs> I call it a symbiote, but all right. Nobody, nobody a, calls it that. I try no, to not one person no. ever said it that way. I call it a symbiote. <laughs> all right, whatever, man. Uh, <laughs> well, oh, without my way is is uh, doesn't make sense. Okay. Um, no, yeah, but, so but that's I, I do agree that Disney and uh, are are united in in getting as many boys uh, monies as possible. Um, yeah, I think there's a trade off. Uh, I think like it could be argued that Disney messed up Star Wars. I don't I don't think so. I think though that I think Star Wars lacks a central mind to run the series forward unlike marvel yeah, does. Cool. my favorite my favorite mcu movie is star wars let's jump in on that toxic fandom let's talk yeah, about we're not about we're that. not going too far into depth <laughs> about that whole episode. <laughs> i'm just saying well but i'm just saying that the marvel cinematic universe obviously has something special that star wars couldn't recreate that avatar is 15 years later like trying to do a franchise like there's something special about Marvel that like no other franchise has ever done. So what is that? What's I that think, special thing? I think the parameters. I think the it's parameters, a formula. Yeah, it is a formula, a, and this is what I, I, I. Yeah, this is what I I continually say about Disney. Disney in general is a company of formulas. They create a formula. They stick to it. It's it stays with all the princess films. You can track back to. Snow White. It's what happens is Disney does a first experiment. If it's successful, they see what was successful about it, and then they replicate that as many times with very few changes and iterations. So, and and that's what we're seeing in these late stage Marvel movies is this very sameness quality with very few huge peaks it's a very plateau like for example uh both spider-man movies 
essentially have the same plot. And break it break it down different break it down for me. Break it down. What cool? Break it down. Um, what's the what's what's that the plot? Villain, the villain Yeah yeah yeah. The villain is a uh spurned Tony Stark spurned someone who was spurned by Tony Stark. Okay. And in, in in uh his his plot is to use the tech uh that's either uh, that's been left behind that's remnant of Tony Stark to show the world how evil Tony Stark is. Uh Peter Parker slash Spider-Man is a Tony Stark fanboy who tries to live up to Tony Stark's legacy, falls short, realizes he's not Tony Stark, never will be, and then picks up the courage to do his own thing. Uh, uh, you have a man in the chair scene in both. Uh, you have the uh, agency of, of MJ uh, kind of fluctuating the third act. Um, I mean, it's, excuse me, I'm going to cough, <coughs> ranting too much. Um, it's, it's the same, it's the same movie. I would, I mean, I agree a little bit, but I would also just say that some of that's just the hero journey and the relationship of Peter to Tony. And that's just what these, but it doesn't have to be. No, but also they're trying they to had to address the fact they had to address the fact that Tony died. Like, there's no way no, they could get around absolutely. it. Like, absolutely. Like, it had to be Tony-centric for the yeah. sequel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, no. I Right. But it doesn't... I don't know. It could have been a... It could have been more the, of an independent film. The villain thing is f- formulaic, though. I do agree. It's yeah. also, like, Peter befriends them first, and he learns yep. to trust them. And then the guy ends up betraying him in the end. Yeah. It's like, well, oh. Michael Keaton wasn't that. that. He didn't befriend Michael Keaton. We, he's introduced as a nice guy. Like, he's, he's her father. He's very sweet. Like, but we already yeah. know. No, he's introduced as a good guy. It's just, but we are, yeah, we already know. But it's just one but scene. But Peter doesn't. I don't know. I disagree uh, with Michael Keaton. Okay, that's In fun. the first, yeah. We, we follow their, like, stories. They're separate stories, right? And then they have the twists, and they have the one scene in the house where Peter doesn't know that he's Vulture. And then in the car, which is, like, the next scene, he finds out that Peter, or that uh, Michael Keaton, uh, Adrian Toomes is the Vulture. So I feel like right. they don't, they don't they milk flip, that. They flip the trope. Yeah. They flip the trope in the sequel. They're like, all right, we're going to make it a long con that you don't know he's the bad guy till later. Whereas Vulture, you knew he was the bad guy all along, but he's still be friend of Peter. And you right. know, and yeah. And I'm you're like, when is Peter going to figure yeah. it out? Well, not bad. Yeah. I like I'm that twist, it's a bad by the way. Yeah. I, th- I, I think these movies are generally very good. Um, but, but it does go to Disney's formula. Yeah. Okay. Um, and that's not necessarily a bad thing. It just... It, with movies like uh, Ant-Man, which were trying to... Tiny Iron Man. Yeah. Uh, well, it ends up being Tiny Iron Man. But if, it, if Edgar Wright had his, you know, his, uh, his fight, I think it would have been a vastly different film. Because um, you see those, those fingerprints inside the, the movie. Uh, and then you see it balanced with 
what happens in Ant-Man and the Wasp, um, and those fingerprints aren't quite there. Uh, <laughs> but this gets back into uh, director's cut stuff. Um, and yes, yeah. let's get the you know, Edgar Wright cut. Uh, it's well, let's not. Let's yeah. uh, the the beauty the beauty of these director's cuts that we'll never see or we'll see, however many years later. I guess three years later. Um, yeah. is that we have we have inoculated us with the the sense that this is the grail. This will yeah. solve all problems. And if we just see this perfect cut that we have in our heads matched onto the screen, we will have peace. <laughs> and yeah, that's what it is. Happen. It's never yeah. going to happen. Uh, it's, and that's, in my opinion, is the reason why Star Wars, the, the, the sequel continues, never really got off. Everybody had decades to figure out all of the plot points in their head only right. to see that this was not where this was going to go. And right. that's the anger, especially with things like Last Jedi and then Rise of Skywalker. People are saying that's not our Star Wars because my mind brain had it like this. All of those yeah. articles boils down to that. It does boil down to that. And it boils down to consistency, which is what Marvel has in Star Wars. And because changing directors who had two completely different visions of what this trilogy should have been was an absolute mistake. They should have either had all J.J. Abrams or all Ryan Johnson. Don't switch. Because Rise of Skywalker spent half the movie negating everything Ryan Johnson did in Last Jedi. And yeah. a lot of that pissed me off because I like Last Jedi. Um, okay. Okay. But yeah, they didn't have a consistent. There was no consistent through line of right. like it's gonna do this, this, and this act. This is basically they they, they didn't treat it like uh, Force Awakens is Act One, Last Jedi is Act Two, uh, Rise of Skywalker is Act Three. They didn't treat it like yeah. that. They treated it like three different movies with yeah. by two different directors. But I will also say Ryan Johnson did the same thing to J.J. Abrams in Last Jedi, which was like, yeah, you you really wanted Snoke to be a thing. He's not. I mean, honestly, I really liked what he did to a lot of J.J. Abrams' stuff, because J.J. Abrams is kind of a hack to me, so uh, he's a bit of a hack. I don't need my approval to say whether or not that was okay, but in any case, I'm fine fine with that understanding. I mean, that's... that's... The problem was consistency. They They didn't plant their flag in one director, one writer. Uh, right, because uh, it doesn't come down to the directors. Have... That's the thing. It, it's not only the directors; it's the whole producer showrunner aspect, and that's like what Kevin they... uh, Feige has on Marvel. But Star Wars doesn't have that central person, or at least that central person isn't doing their job correctly and has a story for the honestly. Three movies. They didn't do that till after they made John Favreau the guy for yeah. Star Wars now. Like, they didn't even bother doing yeah. that until after the sequels were out. Yeah. So now they have it, and Mandalorian's great because of it. Uh, right. And I trust the future of Star Wars because it's going to have a Feige like uh, guy running it. And right. it's uh, the guy who did the first Iron Man and the guy right. who created the Mandalorian. So it's, uh, it's going to be good. And, and that is and why swimmers. Marvel is uh, successful. Yeah. <laughs> Um, 
what Mandalorian is also did is have like five different directors, like a pen of directors that all worked together on their individual episodes. And those directors are then getting Marvel movies and Star Wars movies from that. Uh, Taika Waititi obviously did Thor Ragnarok, worked a little bit on Infinity War because all those directors came back for Infinity War to kind of kind of produce their um, snippets and stuff. Yeah, that, you know. Yeah, uh, but uh, and then he, you know, Taika went to Mandalorian, and now Taika is going to get his own Star Wars stuff. But also, um, what what were the uh, who are the directors on Mandalorian? They're all getting like either Marvel properties or Star Wars properties to kind uh, of grow from. I don't, I don't think Bryce Dallas Howard is getting. It. No, no, not Bryce Dallas Howard. And- but she's always going to have a career regardless, right? As like yeah. right, she's she's got that. She's not only has she has an established career herself, but she's got that that family name on top of it. Right. I so, mean, Deborah Chow. Personally, Deborah Chow. Yeah, uh, she's, she's getting. She's getting. I something. wouldn't mind seeing a Brian Howard movie though, or a sh- series, because she did really well with her episode. That episode was really good. Yeah. Yeah, it was really good, and they yeah. made they made. He, what I uh, they made ATSTs like legitimately terrifying threats, yeah, yeah, and that's not, not the thing that teddy bears can topple over to, in like in seconds, right? To kind of just wrap up my thoughts on Star Wars yeah. for this we before we can move on. The yeah. problem with Star Wars was scope, and they just had to keep topping themselves with the big scary thing. Yeah. And the reason that that episode is so frightening is because they shrank down the scope to this one village and this one big giant metal thing that's going to come and blow them all up. That's... <clears throat> yeah, the stakes were brought down. It's all about stakes. Yeah. Uh, I, I, the first time I, I noticed that I was the, the X-Men movie. That's fine. The X-Men, What's the opposite? Yes. What's the opposite, Winston? I I uh, uh, I will always defend Rise of Skywalker. Period. Uh, oh, I understand. Oh. I understand. Okay. I'm I'm so far in the minority that I uh, have a lot of explaining to do, and I don't I I don't intend to do any of it. Um, you don't need to do that here. I understand yeah. that. I understand forever. That. Uh, uh, <laughs> forever. <laughs> frankly i don't i don't want to because i feel like i i uh one i don't think star wars does very well on the movie in general um i think if you look well i would say revenge of the sith i think is the best of the prequels um correct but uh return of the jedi is i think the most volatile of the of the original trilogy i think that's a lot of a lot of it's it's it splits fandoms down the middle either people are rapidly for it or get those teddy bears out of star wars and that's fine that's awesome i don't think rise of skywalker is the best star wars movie i do think it's a good one and i do think uh the sequel trilogy has a bad rap um and 
but I'm I'm always going to be more of a fan of the swing than the hit. Uh, if oh. and I I I think that um, like points for trying. Ryan Johnson. Nope, not points for trying. Because uh, that's not that's what the swing. About. Nope, the swing. The swing is not points for trying. The swing is the power. It's if it hits the ball, that's a home run. But you, the swing is happening whether or not uh, you make contact. It's I'm not I. It's not a for effort. You have already made the effort, and the ball just never met the bat. Maybe I'm, we're trying, to, I'm trying to wrap my head around that. Okay. Yeah, like I love uh, baseball and I'm trying to. Fine. Uh, I'm not going to. I don't. I mean, I, I, get, I, get, I get what he's trying to say. I think uh, it's like, to me, it's like being... you appreciate a hit, whether it's a hit or like a base hit or a home run, right? You appreciate that they made contact. Or a strike. Um, it's the attempt that's that's made it's not it's the attempt, we're getting lost in the weeds on the, this idea uh, um what the core the core of what i'm saying is that the sequel trilogy made a huge made a huge attempt at creating a, a different world expanding yeah. the universe and that was never going to be successful, I think. It was doomed to fail, even if they had 1976 George Lucas and his ex-wife editing. I don't think it was going to work because it was it was post-prequel trilogy that had already salted the Earth for this franchise and had uh, essentially 30 years of people trying to do the job that these films were trying to do it I, wasn't I, going to work it was going to piss a lot of people off and at the end of the day i think they made i think they made a cohesive story they, okay. yeah so, see, they, i i i'm afraid of star wars going on too long yeah right um that's fine but i i do want to hear from lisa but uh uh yeah, I feel like oh man, Lisa's like, do you want to hear from me, Lisa? I'll, I'll Lisa, I'll let you fi- uh, finish your thoughts on Star Wars, and then I got another question for you uh, to tie it back together. Okay, um, it, I, it Winston's right in that it was doomed from the start, and it had to be perfect, right? It had to, it, it had to own what it was. And just kind of like, this is what it is now. Deal with it, nerds, and make a solid story throughout. And the attempt was worse than the sort of looking for than the concept. Like okay. they had a lot of good concepts that they should have elaborated on, but they never did. Right? Like they had a lot of they planted a lot of seeds that never got to burst through the ground yeah. in them. And I think You're that they could me. have elaborated on more, like thin. Uh, like or like Poe's backstory could have been dope if we knew about that in the first one, and then they just decided to right. throw it at you in the third one. Or Finn joining in with these all these former stormtroopers that he just suddenly stumbles upon in the third one. Like there's a lot of stuff that they just 
had ideas for, but they never grew. Yeah, and that was the problem. And yeah, people shit on them so heavily. I think I I have thoughts about that. Yeah, uh, Paul. I okay. Paul's been commenting this whole time. So uh, for anyone yeah. who watches this, episode, he's the fourth person on this. Right. <laughs> he's he's the. Uh, I don't know. He's yeah. He's the okay. Anyway, either way, uh, Paul is saying it's like. Uh, he likes what Ryan Johnson brought up. Correct me if I'm wrong, Paul. You're talking about Ryan Johnson here. He likes what he brought up, but it was like outing a cheating husband in the middle of Thanksgiving dinner. Yeah. Yeah, okay. I'd, say, I'd say that. Well, I think I think they never should have brought him in if they weren't going to keep him. Yeah. Uh, well, but they didn't bring him in until Colin Trevorrow said no, right? No, that was the third one. That, yeah, I, that was the third one. Because it was supposed to be J.J. Abrams, Ryan Johnson, Colin Trevor. And then Colin dropped out to do Fallen Kingdom, right? I think so. Yeah. I think uh, that's right. Yeah. yeah. Um, for, the, for the sake of the episode, we'll steer away from Star Wars. Uh, we, we'll, just because we've you gone bet. through it. So, no, I mean, it, 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 we came across it uh, uh, oh, uh, organically. Because uh, it's all about talking about like yeah, why yeah. Marvel, why the Marvel franchise floats while the Star Wars franchise seems to be rocky, you know, uh, and it's tough. And I think that like finding that X factor for Marvel, I think that's what like all the studios are trying to do is figure out what that X factor is and copy it. Uh, and then DC blew its wad too soon. And like, uh, I have thoughts about that, but we don't need to go into it. Uh I was a question I want to pose to both of you guys. Lisa first, Winston second is best Marvel Cinematic Universe movie and worst. And worst, how you judge the worst could be like a legitimately bad movie or a movie that you weren't interested in or a movie that doesn't matter in the whole scheme of things. Like how you do that, that's up to you. But I think that like, I don't know, what's the best and worst out of that Marvel Cinematic Universe? And knowing that, we can kind of use that as a as a uh, a template for going like moving forward, you know. Okay, um, I think my I don't even know where my list was. I had a list before Endgame came out. Okay. Um, I'm kind of taking I'm kind of taking Infinity War and Endgame out of the running. Okay. For okay. best, because okay. it's the culmination of the rest of them. That makes sense. Almost yeah. Infinity War and Endgame are like one really long, 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 long movie. Yeah, I totally think agree. about it. <laughs> um, so it's kind of unfair to, to put them in the running of best Marvel movies for me. Um, I think they have to be character based if you're going to say the best. And I think the best one for me was honestly either. So can I do best team and best solo? Right, because you have the Guardians of the Galaxy, the first Guardians, and Spider-Man: Homecoming, for me. Oh wow! Okay. Uh, okay. Then Black Panther, I think, is right after that. I think that's okay. Okay. My, so then Iron Man, and then I forget what my fifth is. I think it's Winter wow. Soldier. I think that's the top five. That's um, solid. That's... Uh, I think, and I think the reason both Guardians and Spider-Man work is because they go to the um, core of the characters, right? 
They're very, they're very character centric. They're very, and they own what they are. They yeah. own the spirit of the characters. Um, and you can tell that the director or who wrote it loves the character and put a lot of time and effort into it, into making them right. Because this was the first, like watching Homecoming was like reading a Spider-Man comic book. It honestly felt like reading Spider-Man. And I was like, oh, this is what we've been missing for <laughs> the past 20 years is that's Peter Parker. He's just a teenager. And Tom Holland is legitimately a teenager, which for some mm -hmm. reason really helps yeah. in me believing that he's an actual teenager. Um, it's crazy. When it's crazy how <laughs> it works out, right? And Guardians, yeah. and Guardians was bold as fuck, right? It was yeah, just Rocket, like nobody Rocket heard of any of these characters. Rocket Raccoon was actually a <laughs> raccoon. That's crazy. Right. It's actually a ra yeah. raccoon. Uh, <laughs> and Groove's actually a tree. It's nuts. Uh, Dave Bautista is actually a crazy alien man, which is true. I he, agree to that statement. Dude, that the beast. The animal. Um, and it it was just so... It, it didn't apologize for what it was, Right. It just said, yeah. this is going to be a quirky movie about characters you've never heard of, and we're going to make you fall in love with them. Right. And at the end, we're just like, yeah, correct. Absolutely. We do. And that's why I think those two are the best for me. And Black Panther, I think, okay. is the same as, for me, as Peter Parker, or as a Homecoming. It's just, it, but in a different way, it's, it took a character that a lot of people knew about and yeah. made you fall in love with him. I, I have some thoughts mm -hmm. about Black Panther. Uh, I'm act, uh, but but before I do, I'm interested. Lisa, uh, Spider-Man was the was the only character in the MCU that had like previous movies that like you know before the reboot, right? Like they had the Raimi movies right. and they had the um, Andrew Garfield movies. Uh, what do you think that Homecoming did different than those two <sighs> previous movies? How, my, my problem with the Andrew Garfield one, I, I only saw the first one of him because I was so oh, disappointed God. that I was like, I don't even want to bother with the second one because it was just like great cast, terrible writing. <laughs> and it was like, ugh, ugh, not good. It's it, I hate it being, as a writer, I hate saying it's like some kind of X factor that like, because it's like there is a reason it's better than the other two. Like, don't get me wrong. Spider-Man 2 is a phenomenal movie. And I love, I love it. Yeah, I love Spider-Man. Still to this day, Spider-Man Two is fantastic. But for some reason, like, but for some reason, it, it Homecoming felt more like, like maybe Ultimate Spider-Man, and I love Ultimate Spider-Man. Yeah. It was like the reboot that was needed to right. like make remind us why we like Spider-Man so much. It's interesting. That was not with Andrew Garfield. Yeah, the the comics tried to do that before Ultimate Spider-Man with like a two thousand. Uh, yeah, it was a two thousand reboot. Spider-Man two thousand. Yeah. yeah, and it didn't do as well. Ultimate Spider-Man refreshed Spider-Man and showed us what we loved in the comics. So I'm with you there. Uh, could it be that like Raimi was built on the Raimi movies were built on angst, right? And yeah. like this one wasn't angsty, there was a joy with it, without yes. having to be without That's having to it. be edgy, right? That's it. It didn't need to be edgy. It had like dark moments, but you need right. that. 
in like a, a superhero story. You need the moments where the hero you think the hero is going to fail or where the battle's going wrong. Like you need that and still and you get a joyful movie. And what's funny is in the Andrew Garfield movies, the only time it felt like a Spider-Man movie was the lizard fight in the high school. Mm. And yeah. I think it goes back to your point of it being there was a joy there. It was like, oh, cool, I could just see Spider-Man fight the lizard. That's dope. Right. Um, you get excited about it. Like, I was excited watching Homecoming because I was like, oh, that's him. That's Peter. It, that, that's it. And he was snarkier. Like, he was an adorable. Yeah. It was... But, and innocent, right? He was kind of more innocent. Yes. Yes, he was like an innocent little baby boy. And you just wanted to hold him the whole time. I think that's why I yeah. love Homecoming so much. I, I never really thought about it until now. I'm like, that's why I really like it. It's the yeah. baby boy factor. Not the it's the baby it's, it's the baby boy the factor. Baby boy. Yeah. Peter Parker is my son, and if anything happens to him, I will kill everyone in this room and myself. <laughs> uh. Winston, did you have thoughts about yes. about that? I felt like you're you're on the sidelines, like, and I'm like, all right, Winston, it's your time. I'm gonna put you in. I didn't even get into the ones I don't like, which that's aren't many. Right. Yeah. Well, I mean, we can go. We'll go back around then. Yeah, we'll, we'll go, go back with, around with hate. Uh, let's focus on positivity. Let's focus on positivity. Uh, Lisa, I Lisa got a lot of time to vamp while I thought of things. Um, and I it's hard. Quite it, it's have, hard with this whole panel it's, thing. It's like I oh. yeah. Uh, for a while, that the response that I always had was the next one. When anybody's like, "What's your favorite Marvel movie?" It's like the next one. Um, <laughs> what's okay. happening? Well, because there was a point in time where it would always be the current one, and then the next one would be so good, so different, so right. like, mind-bendingly cool that I was like, "No, that's my favorite." Um, right. And I, uh, I don't. I, I think we plateaued post. I don't know, maybe Civil War, and then we ramped back up when I think Homecoming kind of came out um, to where like the next one's good. But I, I think. Uh, I think Black Panther is going to be kind of in there. Um, Thor Ragnarok is going to be in there for me. Um, but I do think that my favorite, oh, my favorite has to be, I think it has to be the, The original Iron Man? Like I think that's that's okay. that's it. I think that movie it has I mean we already talked about its historical with film in general and with Marvel and with Disney, but I think that movie did the one thing that Marvel movies previously could not do, but DC movies did really well, which was make a great film that just so happens to star a superhero. I think um, Spider-Man ran into a problem where it became a superhero movie, or at the time it was a comic book movie that it was very much put into the mythos, same with like the first, well, all, in my opinion, all first three X-Men films. And, and, uh, Wolverine Origins and you know all of those kind of X-Men films are movies that if you like comics and you like those characters you will like this movie but 
it is specifically that genre. If you like genre films, you're about it. I think Iron Man transcends that. It becomes a really fantastic movie that just so happens to have uh, Iron Man in it. Um, and that's cool. It's magical. It's it's history making. Um, yeah. And uh, uh, but I, I think currently um, so that's like all time but currently Black Panther is going to okay. be the the favorite and that has everything to do with the fact that um i i'm gonna actually kind of maybe push back a little bit on what lisa said about black panther that it it takes i agree that it takes a character that if you didn't read like the first 25 issues of fantastic you don't quite understand where they're coming from uh with black panther or you didn't read like the christopher Priestley max series or the reginald hudlin yeah if you didn't read those specific runs you don't understand why black panther has a movie um but i think what ryan coogler did with that movie was make black panther exist in reality right uh and that is something um, that is a feat, and make it uh uh, uh you know, uh, I we talk about this in uh in grad school because uh my my advisor's an anthropologist and uh we talked about specifically anthropology and the fact that Indiana Jones is seen as the most famous anthropologist of of all time because he's this archaeologist that he even went uh, Harrison Ford even went to. Um, I think the last like big archaeologist convention. He's okay. on the he's on the board. Yeah, he's on. Um, the, yeah, he's literally right. like he donates and he's on the yep. board for the archaeological yeah. society, which is awesome. But today's version of that character is Killmonger, and I think that is so cool. Somebody like a character who can redefine what it means to have a superhero um, and, and redefine also how we view an entire academic discourse is, is interesting. And, and I think we'll have a lasting uh, uh, legacy. I mean, I didn't yeah. think of it that way, but that's absolutely true. Yeah. Yeah. He absolutely, okay. it, it's almost, it, Black Panther is as much Killmonger's movie as it is T'Challa's. Like yeah, I think, yeah, that's rare. Yeah, yeah. And then he dies. I'm so upset. He should not die. Marvel. Uh, the one of the cool things about the MCU was that they didn't kill their guys, and they, mm, yeah, very upset. Would have been uh, a great thorn and a great antithesis, and resurrect Killmonger. I, I love Killmonger. I think he's the best Marvel villain uh, because. Is he a villain? He is a villain, but he's a villain in the yeah. same way as Magneto. Magneto is a villain. You know what I mean? Like, more, of an, more of an antagonist than a villain, right? right. So I mean, not every villain, not, not every antagonist is a villain, but every villain's an antagonist. It's like one of those, one yeah. of those things. Mm. I mean, he is a he is a villain. I'm not gonna lie. He wants to, like, he wants the uprising to kill people. 
Like that's his like his yes. goal at the sure. end. Does he come from a place of like, oh, I understand what he's getting at, you know? And that's what T'Challa had to to figure out. Um, but like Paul said in the comments that uh, that the supporting characters of Black Panther outshine T'Challa in the movie, and I agree. I think T'Challa. Oh, M'Baku, Shuri, Killmonger, uh, uh, you know, I would say Nakia and Okoye, but I don't think so. Like, Okoye has a good scene in the in the casino, but like, okay, whatever. But like, okay, uh, I, I think T'Challa no, does but, the best in Civil War. But I will That's say... That's like the best T'Challa's Okoye, Okoye a cha- I, I think her step is a lot bigger than you're thinking. Because depending on the creator or depending on the writer of uh, Black Panther at the time, like they, the Dora Milaje was at one point in time, like T'Challa's harem. And it's kind of weird. Yeah. And Okoye is scared, but also the Dora Milaje are not that. They changed the game, too. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, 100% 100% set the tone for that character. So I, um, I'm going to push back on that. Nakia, it's just cool to see Lupita. It's just cool to see Lupita yeah. in another MCU. It's just cool yeah. to see her. Uh, right. But it will, I, who knows what agency they will give those characters. Cause Shuri could be Black Panther and I would be a hundred percent on board with that. Um, but yeah. who knows? Yeah. Um, um, I really like, I mean, Okoye does change the game just in general for yeah. women in superhero movies, too. Yeah. Like, yep. she's, like, for one, it's just a strong black woman, which throws people off, which is sad. <laughs> like, and she's not, like, conventionally pretty in that sense, because she's got, like, the shaved head, and she, like, yeah, she right. hated being in the wig. Yeah. Um, and I loved that. Like I was like, yeah. I want to move him out of Koye. Like, yeah. give me and the, and the Dora Milaje, because yeah. they were like the um, the Wonder Woman. They're like the Amazons essentially. Right. Mm-hmm. And that's right. like Marvel's take on that uh, yeah. fe- strong female warrior society. Yeah. Right. Which give me more of that. Keep that into my vein. Right. I, yeah. I mean, that, that those are all the reasons I love Black Panther as a movie. And I would rank Black Panther probably up in my top five Marvel movies. But the reason it's not higher is Act 3 falls apart for me. Um, I don't think that Killmonger needs to be Golden Jaguar. I don't think that they need no. to do the fight, that final fight uh, in the mines. I'm fine with War Rhinos. I'm fine with that. That's fine. But I, I just think that it could have been different. And then I do think that T'Challa... He goes through an arc, which is great, but I, I like him better in Civil War. I like his costume better. I like his action scenes better in Civil War. Um, so you know, Black Panther is good. Uh, Guardians of the Galaxy is probably like my number one. Civil War is also really good too. Winter Soldier, Civil War, like those two movies, they're probably like my top ones too. There you I would, go. yeah, those are all good. Yeah. Yep. I think what we found out is you could pick. Can't, can't argue with it. You yeah. can pick pretty much any MCU movie and argue for its greatness. No. But now, okay. 
Ooh. Let's talk about what we can't argue for. Right. Uh, yeah. You could pick pretty much. Uh, I have I have two movies that that are my least favorite, and it sucks to say. All right, I'm just gonna come out and say it. So uh, number one, I uh, number one least favorite Marvel movie uh, is Doctor Strange. I don't think it needed wow. to be made. I don't think it needed to be made. Wow. I don't think it it tried anything new. I don't care about it. It's not the magic user that I want. I wanted Doctor Strange as a sorcerer, which you get in Infinity War and Endgame. You get the sorcerer part. But in Doctor Strange, they tried to like say that magic was a dimensional thing. And it's like, okay, the mirror, weird mirror universe, they don't go full fantasy with it. And I wanted it. It's this weird kung fu laser disc mirror universe thing. And it's like, go full sorcerer. Like, do that. That's the Doctor Strange that I want. I want the Doctor Strange talking to Asgardians. I want the Doctor Strange uh, with a Minotaur friend. Like, let's see that fantasy aspect. Or let's see the trippy Dormammu stuff that happens at the end of Doctor Strange. That's the cool part. But, like, leading up to that, I did not like it at all. I don't know if you guys have any... And that's a hard... That's a hard universe to introduce like yeah because he's so different than like your traditional superheroes yep so yeah it's tough and i think a lot of the stuff and then a lot of the stuff you want is going to end up showing up in the doctor strange sequel like once he starts trucking the multiverse i think that's when they're just gonna be like you know what we're gonna go balls crazy with this shit (laughs) but he's scarlet witch just fucking yeah whatever the fuck those two are up to it's gonna get nuts yeah yeah that's that's yeah, old. I mean, Doctor Strange means middle of the road, little middle of the pack. I think he was a lot better in Infinity War. Um, yeah, he was they did his I character wanted. a lot better once once he was able to play off of other characters in that universe. Then we got to see, oh, that's his character. Got it. Yeah. 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 Winston, you got you got some thoughts. Um, I one. Uh, you just knocked my dad's favorite Marvel movie. Um, so <laughs> I'm sorry, man. Uh, Take the room, man. Yeah. Like that's my that's at the end of the day. <laughs> to each their own. That's like my motto. Is like, eh, yeah. to each their own. Like if we're all gonna like different ones. We're all gonna hate different ones. No, right. To each their own. I, 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 yeah. Um, and the joke of him busting it, like he is watching Twitch. Um, anyway. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, I I think the biggest problem that Doctor Strange faced was the subject, like the storyline they were trying to ham fist into it. Like they were trying to put the uh, Doctor Strange the Order into it. Uh, they introduced like Night Nurse and a bunch of other characters that and an origin story. I think it. I think Doctor Strange came at a time where we, as as a um, collective geekery, were done with origin stories. I'm d- yeah. I think I'm done. If- I'm done with origin stories. I do not. I've never right. liked. I've never liked origin stories. Okay, hipster. That's cool. Uh, <laughs> you didn't like. Or- <laughs> you gotta do them. Yeah. I'm fine, but I I think. Uh, I think Thor 
suffered the same problem of like, how do we bring fantasy into the superhero realm? And you're like, well, that's stupid. You're, you're already fantasy. This is already right. something that, uh, so I think a lot of, a, a lot of, um, Dr. Strange problems come from creative people doing 4D chess too much. Uh, but, uh, I think, uh, Chubatel Edge of Four is awesome. I think Mordo is going to be such a cool villain. Uh, the whole, uh, no more magic thing is gonna be awesome. And, uh, I think that franchise definitely after, um, Oh no. Are you talking and, and, and I'm just talking over you? No, 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 no. I'm I'm, I'm laughing at the no more magic thing. Just real quick is that somebody pointed out that like he goes no more magic and then infinity war happens. And then four years later, and then there's still magic. Like, uh, yeah. He's like, uh, I'll probably put it on hold, you know, start a new hobby. Maybe just kind of wait it out. Maybe build some birdhouses while we wait. And then, oh, okay. Magic. Okay. What? Oh, yeah, that's true. He could have been dust. Yeah. So, and then, and then he comes back and he's like, now I, what the fuck? (laughs) (laughs) Magic guys? I thought we had a plan. Um, Yeah. (laughs) Can you imagine, imagine, like, he's about to, he's about to kill a sorcerer. And then he snaps away, and the sorcerer is like, "Oh, yeah, shit! I dodged a bullet there. Damn." Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. He did one of these, and then like disapparated. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, so that's gonna be cool. Um, but yeah, I, I, I think, I think, uh, in conclusion, Doctor Strange is not the worst one. And okay. Doctor Strange, uh, has uh, I think it it is fully eclipsed by Thor: The Dark World. I think Thor: The Dark World uh, is the most forgettable MCU of them all. Yeah, I mean, and if it wasn't for the ether, it would be a useless movie. Yep, and even then, nobody explains the ether right. So. I don't know. It doesn't make any sense. Christopher Eccleston is a fantastic actor and you don't make him talk at all. And yeah, it's it's not a good movie. Uh and not the, and it's even worse because Thor the I think the biggest praise of Thor was they sort of made it work. They sort of made Thor work and then Thor the Dark World comes out and it's it's not a good movie it's it doesn't it's so dissonant and uh i think it cast a long shadow on what thor could do until taika watiti says wait like what if we just make a bunch of jokes and make them ups with it and they're like yeah this guy give him a movie forever yeah See, here's here's the thing for me with the Thor movies is I wished, yeah, Dark World. I just Matt and I finally watched it once it finally came out on Disney Plus. Like that, that was the only one I hadn't seen up until Disney Plus launched. Did you so watch? I Hulk? Finally, yeah, I saw it. 
I had okay. the I had the DVD. Yeah, oh, I've seen it. Well, hold on to it because it's never going anywhere. Somewhere on that shelf over there. Yeah. Um, and the thing with Thor Ragnarok is I think they went a little too ham. Oh, absolutely. Um, and that's kind of what immigrant song turned me off a little bit of it. Uh, and the people will be like, Thor Ragnarok's my favorite one, and I'm like, Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. as a as sure? a yeah. As a huge but horror, Dark World yeah, Dark is World. like, yeah. it's it's like the gritty brother of the two. I feel like I wish, I wish they'd taken like the middle ground between one and two. Like they they found some kind of happy medium because I like a lot of the fantastical elements in Dark World, um, and I like the the lightheartedness of one, and then they just kind of like went into a different. It's not that they just went into left field; it's that they changed sports. Like they just went yeah. into a different. It was like, okay, yeah, what's going on here? Yep. So that's kind of why I wasn't as big on Ragnarok as I was, like a lot of people were. I think there's like, oh man, it's really funny. Yeah, it's true, but it doesn't really it didn't seem to really fit. <laughs> as yeah. as a Hulk fan, I was so happy that somebody even whispered, "Planet Hulk exists." Sure. And I was like, oh yes. This I think it had the same was a thing, but then it was never gonna happen. Oh really? <laughs> no. That, yeah, it was ripped right, you know, it was almost ripped right in front of you as you saw it. You're like, well that's that's Planet Hulk. Cool. We're not getting World War Hulk. We'll never get anything. Cool. This is right. it. No. It's, like, it's just Gladiator Hulk, really. It's just the Which Gladiator I want to see that movie. Oh yeah. I wanna see that movie of Gladiator Hulk. Hell yeah. Hell but yeah. I didn't really get a whole lot of it. We just got the one fight with him yeah. and Thor. You got to see his penis, sort of, though. So I think <laughs> it ends up, it levels out. Yeah, unfortunately, um, the Thors, for me, suffer because they lack consistency in absolutely. their in their storytelling. Yeah. I think. yeah. Okay. But I, I think Thor as a character consistency. He doesn't. His story stays the same. I think everything around him is kind of doesn't. I well, okay, maybe the character, but people people have really like they've if we're using that that perfect ironclad swing away metaphor that we said earlier in the stream. When we poke no holes in. Uh, Got it. But, um, <laughs> people have taken huge swings in the comic realm with Asgard and Thor. Where, like, at first he was a god, then he was an alien that sort of took the form of gods. And, you know, there are whole bunches of weirdness that were canon at some point. And I think that's been the biggest issue with seeing translating Thor into film. Is like, well, what even is Thor? Yeah. What, how do we do this? And, like, Kenneth Branagh's ideas like well we'll just make it like a soap opera and make well, it kind of that's what we'll do we'll make a fantasy soap opera that's shakespeare that's all these things. i can do that and it right. sort of worked but it was also really clunky and then i forget who did thor dark World because i try to forget that movie as much as possible uh but i think he was like well now i gotta bring in 
the Infinity Stones, which at the time were gems, but I don't know this. <laughs> so we'll just make it like a. I'll make it like a zombie movie. I guess I don't know. Dark elves. <laughs> Again, consistency. Planting your flag. You yeah. just gotta go with it. Yeah. Um. I think like Marvel is obviously it's it's such a a machine. It's this train that keeps adding on uh cabooses or what what do you call I don't know I don't know trains that well. But like they're conjunctions entry. They're conjunctions. They're in conjunction no, junction. Oh, you're adding on more caboose What is yeah. your function? Um Yeah. <laughs> Uh, caboose is at the end, but what are just like the more, yes. more you know, cars? Uh, cars. Yeah, they keep adding yeah. cars. They keep adding cars, which makes it heavier, and the momentum keeps moving forward. Right? It just keeps moving forward, and it's like, uh, it's never gonna stop unless, and if it does stop, it's gonna derail everything. If it, if there's something strong enough to stop the Marvel Cinematic Universe, it's going to derail the whole thing. Like, there's no, there's so much momentum around it that, like, but yeah, I don't know whether there's anything strong enough to derail it, you know? Um, but I think we're seeing that. I think we're seeing that in what's been going on, that these movies are not breaking the records. Not that they needed to. I mean, they needed to in the first couple phases. I think every movie needed to break some sort of record, but these are not going to, I think the, the timelessness of, of phase three uh, minus the Avengers movies. I think the timelessness of phase three is very short. I and compared to the others. And I think we're seeing that um, as a whole, uh, the, that the Marvel train is slowing down. That's still too big to fail. And hopefully, phase ah, you're shaking your head like like that's not. It's got to unload some cargo. It has to unload some I cargo think so too. It is I also it's like getting rid of some characters. Yeah, yeah. I also think that um, people. So I one one of the X factors that I think we didn't talk about is the fact that it was so novel to treat comic book movies like comic books that are films um yeah. that's something cool and the and, and marvel it is the first one to do that um is beautiful but i think we're tired of of, of that continuity and um i think that that in the first phase that was an illusion that the continuity was not real like you had iron man and Thor was a vastly, and Iron Man too, but Thor was a vastly different film that, that didn't really deal with anything. Captain America was a vastly different film, but like you had Easter eggs. But now everybody's playing together. Everyone is, is in each other's bowls. And I think people, the novelty of that, audiences are savvy to it, and now we're sick of it. So hopefully with movies huh. like The Eternals, Shang-Chi, and uh, I guess the multiverse. Black, Black Widow. Black Widow's not going to do that. No, because Black Widow Black Widow is what Homecoming is. Uh, 
or Far From Home. They're the ligature movies. Um, uh, Far From Home okay. is like Homecoming is its own. But they're movies that, that are the glue that mesh phase uh, phases, phase three and four. Yeah. But I think take, taking those, those weird swings, but also <sighs> taking the swing where like, hey, you know, after over a decade's worth of movies, let's let people of color in, huh? Maybe we should do that. Um, yeah. You know, when when no one, you know, when audiences are joining, let's throw those guys out. Let's oh, a woman leading a movie? The hell you say? <laughs> well, but we've done all the other guys. Let's throw, let's give her a Let's, I mean, you know. I mean, we finally got Captain Marvel, you know? Like, but, it only took us forever. Yeah. Oh, my God. Um, And... I feel like we yeah. could talk a lot about this. I think you bring up an easy thing, Winston, is fatigue, audience fatigue. And the real question is, is whether Marvel Cinematic Universe has uh, audience fatigue or not. I choose to believe that Marvel will do something different, yet keep the same magic. And I don't think that in the long run that there's going to be fatigue because they're constantly evolving. Now, that's my optimistic point of view. Um, okay. so I think I this hear from, break. From Lisa. Yeah. Sorry. Um, I think this this almost un well this first of all since this unintentional break, uh, that we didn't get Black Widow right away, um, or even a year after Endgame, right? I think that will help one to be like a for 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 Winston here. It's like a cool down match, right? Like after the big, you got like you got Michaels and Taker, right? <laughs> Thank You're welcome. You. <laughs> you, got, you got these big, big, big things that happen, and these big blow-off matches, and like the audience gets real hype, and everyone's all excited. And then you have like what's called a cool-down match after, which is like kind of just to bring the audience to let them breathe, right? And then they can get excited about the main event or whatever. So I think that's what yeah. the, I think that's what Marvel's gonna end up doing is like the head end game, which is like their big blow-off, you know. Taker's Mike, uh, Michael take Michael's Taker at 25, like the big thing, um, and then everyone just kind of like breathing for a while. Yeah. Um, and there's that's why they're gonna introduce new characters. Why they did something something like Black Widow, where it was just it's seemingly non sequitur, um, but still kind of like puts another puzzle piece in the whole grand scheme of whatever Feige's trying to do. Yeah. Um, and then introducing characters like the Eternals, and then Shang Chi. Um, and then going into part two of other people like uh, Black Panther two and then Doctor Strange two, like they're going to kind of like they're just going to kind of like start planting new seeds again. And, yeah. and, and a lot of them aren't going to be origin stories, especially for Black Panther and Doctor Strange, which people I know are tired of. Like Dimitri is saying, I'm tired of them. Like yeah. I get it, I absolutely get it. Um, I think that's how Marvel's going to end up avoiding fatigue. And also getting this unintentional break. We would, we should have already had Black Widow, and she should be in this conversation already. Absolutely. But we don't. Right. Um, right. And I think that's going to help. And also, just right now, as a society, we're, like, fatigued ourselves. We want hope again. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, we want escapism, and we don't really have it right now. And I'm hoping that once movies come back and our society shifts in the right direction, hopefully, mm -hmm. um, and sort of calms down, I think 
I think that will definitely help. And with I think the Marvel Red, fatigue. Yeah, I think Red Guardian is be a great character, at least based on the yeah. trailer and and what we've seen of him. I think he's going to be like, I think Black Widow is going to definitely because of that that break that you said. Uh, is definitely going to get a huge bump. But I think Mulan is also going to take that bump of like these really, uh, uh, hopefully really cool stories that uh, people um, pretend they've never seen before um, <laughs> coming back. But uh, uh, I'm cynical, so I understand that I'm the, the one that, is the odd duck uh, the odd one out the odd duck? Uh, yeah. uh, but as as somebody who has lived Disney history uh, for for most, I mean, for my career for a little bit, um, there wouldn't be a Disney Renaissance if there was the the dark times of the seventies and eighties. Like right. it, this happened specifically with Disney. This happens a lot is that they gain such notoriety, they burn so brightly, and then the formula fade, the fades out of, of people's wants. Um, and I, and I, but I also think that there's a, um, an unexpected boon with the pandemic that, that Lisa outlined, that had Black Widow come out May 7th when she was supposed to, um, I think I think there would be more fatigue. I think there would be more just like, oh my god, another one of these. I'm yeah. done. It's over. But now you have the nostalgia machine of, hey, remember movies? Remember when we went to theaters? Oh my gosh! Right. And remember, yeah, this Marvel was so good on screen, and we're gonna see one, and finally Scarlett Johansson gets her own movie. Thank God! I think we will have that kind of wave, but. It's still novel. It's still a bubble. It yeah. still will, will pop. And until uh, Marvel can get out from under the massive formulaic success that they've built themselves on, um, I don't think this will be a long-lasting bubble. That's okay. fair. I think that I think that'll be a boon of bringing in a bunch of new characters and teams Let's and phasing well. out and phasing out the Avengers. Let's yeah. hope so. I, that brings, I, I, that I brings want, my next... I want to see Yeah, uh, that brings my ne- my thing that I want to pose to Lisa. Where do you think... Where do you think the Marvel Cinematic Universe is going? Not only with what has been said, but also like with the characters that we know and love. The Fantastic Four, X-Men, that sort of thing. Where... Can the Marvel Cinematic Universe go? Where will they go? Uh, what are we hoping for here? The thing I'm, I've always been worried about after something like Thanos is my problem with the Star Wars movies is where do you go after a guy wipes out half the universe? Like where are the stakes going to go? Um, and I think you almost have to Mandalorian it. You, I think you have to shrink, shrink the scope of the problem. Yeah. You know I what agree. I mean? Yeah. How do you... Uh, sorry, uh, to, to ruin Dimitri's perfect hosting job. 
But how how do you see the Fantastic Four doing that? Because Fantastic Four are, at least in my opinion, are the biggest galaxy brain team. They're they're the the ultimate cosmic. They've never really been your street level neighborhood protecting the mom and pop shops. They've they defeat they they meet the silver surfer. They're Galactus. They're the big ones. Yeah, they introduce a bunch of the alien races like the scroll. Yeah. And shit like that. Yeah. That's so how do you, that's how the do biggest you... tragedy about them not being yeah. part of the Infinity Saga is yeah. that they didn't get to actually be involved in all of this. Um so it's tough. It's tough to try to integrate them into a major storyline. So I think what you got to do is you got to bring in guys like Doom. You got to bring in just mm. straight up, like, I'm going to conquer the world because I'm smarter than all of you and have him succeed. Yeah. Like, yeah. you need that kind of villainy again as after something like Thanos. You need, because Thanos, in a way, you could kind of see his logic and why he was trying to save the universe. Like, it's twisted. It's very yeah. twisted. Yeah. <laughs> um, but you need someone like Doom, right, to, to be that sort of villain. And then you bring in something like Galactus, right? And then with Doom Galactus. actually, and then Doom helps with Galactus. Like, he ends up teaming with, with the superheroes. You know what I mean? Right, 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 right. Okay. Um, I we're gonna say that Galactus and Doom have a team up. No, oh. no, because Galactus is gonna destroy Doom. Right. Like the thing he wants. Right. But it's right. the thing he wants. Yeah. Doom, Doom is, if anything, he's very self-serving. And if something's threatening him, yeah. fine, I'll team up with them long yeah. enough to save my own skin, and then yeah. it's back to hating them again. Like that's kind of always yeah. been his thing. Yeah. You know. Um, uh, sorry to interrupt. Based on what's been going on with Maker. In the Marvel comic universe, do you think that Maker could also fit that mold? Because he's kind of been Maybe. post post Secret Wars, he's kind of been scaled back to like a street level Doom person. That like you you at least with um uh the Carnage event that happened last summer, uh, like you go to. Yeah, you you go to Maker to make like he's the devil. Like you go see Maker if you've run out of all other options, and we'll fix your problem. But yeah, you're literally making a deal with the devil there. Yeah. And I yeah. think that you could do that with Doom in the MCU. Absolutely, yeah. I think yeah. he could definitely serve as that kind of like we need your help, and he's like yeah. okay. But it's gonna cost you. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Yeah. That's cool. Have and I, I think for Galactus. Oh no, sorry. Galactus. Oh, sorry. Make it ultimate Galactus. Galactus. Make it ultimate Galactus. Okay. Make it so that it's just wiping out all life, all organic life. It's a series of robots that hates organic life and is wiping okay. everything out. Okay. He's maybe he's not a hungry dude. He's not a hungry <laughs> boy. No. It's <laughs> not gonna fly. It's not gonna fly. People uh, are gonna be like, uh, huh? I don't know. I mean, we got a purple dude who decided to snap a a glove, and yeah, people bought it. He, he didn't, didn't eat half it. the universe. 
That's true. It, it's yeah. Yeah, it's true. Did you guys ever see the Silver Surfer cartoon? Yes. I never did, Gal- actually. Galactus was big. Galactus was yes. big, but he was not planetary big. He was big, and he had his ship. He shrink. What? Oh, Galactus I believe he can yeah. shrink down, too. Yeah. yeah, yeah, But, like, in, in that cartoon, at least, he wasn't eating worlds as a planet-sized giant, he was eating worlds as, like, a 50-foot-tall giant in a ship that would then absorb the world. So, like, you can do different things with Galactus. I personally think that Galactus being a planetary threat is too similar to Thanos, and that they're gonna stick away from it. It's true. Yeah, it's tough. Maybe opening up the multiverse could be a danger. You know, like, maybe that's how you that's how you uh, expand the scope. Is yeah. it's not just this universe that's going to be screwed. It's going to be literally every, literally yeah. every path of existence is threatened. But I then that's don't like think... the plot of Doctor Strange, right? Yeah, I, I don't think you need to expand the scope for Fantastic Four. I think that you do have those big threats in Fantastic Four, but why don't you just send Fantastic Four on an adventure? Why don't you have the 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 problem in Fantastic Four be something human. Uh, it has to be. That's been their problem. Well, that's where, that's where Doom it's, comes in. Yeah, that's well. You you just you don't bring in Doom right away. You absolutely do not no, bring Doom in for the first movie. That's just yeah. That is something that every creator has done before, and it's fucking failed because you yeah, can't just true. bring in Doom. Because where do you go from Doom? Right. Uh, well, have you heard? Have I told you guys my theory about Kang the Conqueror? I have not. Okay. Is is he? Are you saying the next big bad that he will I do be the think, the phase? I do think he's going to be an villain. Avengers Avengers villain. Uh, and the reason is okay. Thanos uses the Time Stone very. Uh, uh, Minimally, he only really uses the time stone to reverse vision. He used it back to be petty. <laughs> yeah. What's that? I said he used it to be petty. He's yes. like, oh, he did. Know. Right. Oh no, you didn't. <laughs> right. Uh, he he doesn't yeah. use it to call armies from the future and the past. He doesn't use it to age or de-age people not the way the comic books have shown the full scope of time travel and the full scope of time manipulation was not hit by the time stone. And because of that, but I would say that's, yes, that's how you bring in the four buddy. Pal. Uh, is time in the four time. You, you, yeah, I, I, you've, you've said that before on the show before, uh, and I have my own qualms with like doing another well, I mean, Captain America type yeah. time rift thing. Uh, but like, you just trapped Avatar The Last Airbender. You just trapped in an iceberg. Yeah. Yeah. Reed Richards was breaking science, man. Yeah. Huh. I'm just saying, Kang, Kang is an huh. Avengers level villain that we haven't seen his powers on screen yet. And they, I think they were holding back yeah. on that 
because they plan to bring him in as a villain. And if, if Thanos used that? the full scope of the Time Stone, we wouldn't need a King the Conqueror as a villain because we would have seen it before. And we now have yeah. time travel. Yep. We now officially have it thanks to yeah. the quantum, thanks to the Pym particles. Yeah. And Tony's, de Tony's design. We now have time travel in the Marvel Universe, and they're yeah. going to play with that. Let's hope. That, let's, uh, but do you think uh, Robert Downey Jr. is going to be Kang? Well, because Kang the Conqueror is a descendant of Tony Stark. No, he's a, he, and... well, I mean, it could be argued that he is, but he's a descendant of the Richards and Doom line. Wasn't that what was said in the comics? He's a. He's a. Right. I think it depends on who. Okay. Because like if you if you go to um, uh, Avengers Forever, the Kurt Busiek uh -huh. story that uh, Avengers Endgame was based on, uh, -huh. uh Kang is Tony. Kang is so Tony. Is that the one where there's multiple timelines? That's the what I mean. Essentially. The... Oh, he's he's a descendant of Reed and Doom. Oh no, he yeah, yeah. he's a descendant of Reed. He's he's a Richards. He, his last know. name is Richards. Um, yeah, his name is Nathaniel Richards, which is what Reed's dad's name was, and he's like a thirty-first century um, descendant yeah. of the Richards line, using yeah, yeah, technology yeah. developed by Doom. In this in right. this universe, you could just say it was developed by Tony Stark. Right. Yeah. Well, no, but Tony uh, again, going back to to Avengers Forever, Tony. Tony becomes Amortis, and then Amortis becomes Kang. Uh, so may I don't know. Ra uh, well, because Ramatut, Kang, and Amortis are the same person. Um, yes. Ramatut, Ramatut is first, then Kang, then Amortis. So old. Kang is, right. but it's this weird time travel thing where they're all separate characters, but they're all the same. Yes. Yes. And that whole storyline of Avengers uh, Forever, Kang is fighting Immortus because he doesn't want to become him. Yeah. Um, it, whatever. Uh, yeah, I mean, <laughs> Kang becoming... Uh, I, think, I think you're onto something with Kang the Conqueror. Yeah, I Kang, think, Kang being I think a right. And that's why you bring in stuff like Doom. That's why you bring in the four. Because yeah. that's your that's, that's your, your in. Man. Yeah. I mean, it could be possible. I think, uh, yeah. yeah. Here's the final question, just for the sake of time. Final question for both of you guys. Um, do you think we will see the Fantastic Four or the X-Men first in the Marvel Cinematic Universe? Uh, I think you don't see the X Men in the MCU, but you do see an X Men first. Huh? Like you see oh. an Easter egg? No, first. I I think I think they we don't, see a mutant first. I think mutants are gonna be their own thing. I don't think that you're gonna see the X Men talk to Tony or Cap. I think Which is, I think you're right. I think, and that's what's always made X Men like kind of unique is that like they exist in the same universe as like superheroes, but they at the same time they don't. Yep, like right. it, it, it doesn't make sense 
that the X-Men are so uh, vilified in society yep. because you have guys like, you know, you have Hulk in yes. Captain America. It's like, yeah, they're just that, but they're just naturally born instead yes. of being involved that's in some problem. freak accident or a science experiment. And that's why you have to have the X-Men separately from, yep. exist separately from the, the MCU. Yep. Um, um, I mean, it could be in the universe, but yeah. they have to play it differently to make yeah. that dissonance make sense, right? It can have self-contained stories. Yeah, I think it has yeah. to be self-contained. And I think maybe the multiverse is going to open up those possibilities. I think that's going to open up so many doors to like yeah. so many things. How cool will it be that Doctor Strange is the movie that like opens the door for everything and becomes such a cool thing? Right, Dimitri? Wouldn't that be like the best to have uh, the most hated character that Dimitri Pereira ever had in the MCU? I don't, I don't think I think I he said that because he likes oh, him yeah, in his Lisa, you yeah. know he thought that. You know he thought that. Okay. No, so, I think it's the concept of the movie was flawed, but the character yeah. was fine. Because I think they have to the magic thing. part. Yeah. To me, in, I, I, in the movie. I can see what you're talking about. Yeah. Uh, so but, here's, here, here's yeah. the thing, though. Here's the thing. Let's not, let's, everybody is assuming Multiverse of Madness is going to unlock the multiverse proper but the way the doctor strange um uh, dealt with the multiverse is that they were dimensions like and so their understanding of the multiverse is not that there are infinite doctor stranges on infinite worlds that are changed uh into infinite variations but like in the doctor strange when? When were there ever multi, the, the, multiple versions I mean, of people in the, in the Doctor Strange trippy, they didn't They didn't talk about multiverse theory. They were talking right. about different dimensions. But they yeah. do have visual... They do have visual stuff of like him going in... in uh, seeing multiple versions of himself. Like him multiplying himself uh, through like kaleidoscopic... That was, um, but that was just a dimension. trippy... Thing. It wasn't like they all did different choices. You can explain it away. Yeah, I'm just saying that you can definitely explain it away. Yeah, I'm just saying that the Doctor Strange movie dealt with different dimensions, like Asgard dealt with different worlds. You know what I mean? It's just, it's just like, oh, this is Dormammu's realm. Oh, this is a trippy mushroom-looking realm. But they're not. It's not the multiverse proper that we want for Miles Morales, and that the Spider Verse introduced the multiverse. It's just like, oh, this it's, is a this is a realm where like gaseous beings like trip out on mushrooms, and like you know what I mean. So who knows what the multiverse of madness is? The multiverse could just be. This is a dream dimension. This is Dormammu's dimension. This is a dimension full of flat creatures. You know what I mean? I feel like his was dealing more with like planes versus dimensions. Yeah, okay. Like, you know what I mean? Like, planes could exist in the same universe. Um, and he was traveling to different planes of existence. Yeah. That's, yeah. Um, That's opposed to different dimensions. Like, it's, it, it's more like stacking up and down versus going out. Yeah. You know, it's like vertical as opposed to horizontal. So, 
I think it's going to start expanding out horizontally, whereas his world has explained it. Like, yeah, these are plans. Plan really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I'm with you, Lisa. I'm thinking yeah, on the D. I'm thinking on a Dungeons and Dragons level, like different yeah. planes. I just I okay for, uh, in a in a true multiverse proper, there are multiple versions of New York, so you could be like. In our world right now, like I'm in Fullerton, and if I shift to a different universe in the multiverse, I will still be in Fullerton, but in a different multi, like a different universe, as opposed or, to but it's underwater. Yeah, but it's underwater. underwater. Like, like a nuclear apocalypse has happened, and like Fullerton doesn't yeah. exist. Yeah, but I'm occupying the same Dormammu's space. Realm. But you go to Dormammu's realm. You don't occupy the same space that you would in this universe anyway. You're just in Dormammu's realm. Right? I I, I don't know. I, I don't know. I think I'm I, more on the side realm of... Is, Rome is vertical. Multiverse is horizontal. Yeah, I, I'm... I'm my analogy. In, in, a 3D, on, uh... in a 3D understanding, yeah. In 3D, maybe we were playing 5D chess on us, man. Yeah. I'm Who knows what they're gonna do to us? This is planes of reality versus multiverse. I think yeah. they introduced the multiverse and in game, and we will now see the consequences of introducing the multiverse in the MCU with the Doctor Strange movie. What we have seen is a completely different understanding. Because I even think the Ancient One was not talking was talking about different like planes of reality. That she was trying to like open your mind to the concepts that we're trying to 3D render the same right. way we did Ant Man. Right. Um, yeah, because you're introducing, mind, introducing quantum level stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Keep in mind that alternate timelines aren't always multiverse. Multiverse exists, the multiverse proper yes. of what I re the, it exists whether there's time travel or not. But in Endgame. Right. The, the alternate timelines would only exist because of time travel. That time was a singular timeline without a multiverse until time travel is introduced changing timelines. So, even in Endgame, they're not introducing that the multiverse exists, it's introducing that the multiverse can exist with time travel meddling. Right? So I pretty much think the whole concept of the next phase or the next phase is, is going to involve time travel. It's inevitable. You're yeah, in superhero world. Gotta be time travel. And they already did. They already touched on it in with time stones and time travel and Endgame. Yep, and yeah. Steve Rogers going back in time and living out the rest of his life the way he wanted. Oh, yeah. don't get me started on that. Ah, the whole the whole Steve Trevor in the past thing. He was. He Steve was Trevor. always, he was always, or not Steve Trevor, Steve Rogers. Anyway. And okay, he got like Steve Travel Rogers. Yeah, Steve Trag. Tra Wouldn't it be cool? Uh, okay, I'm it not going to get started. <laughs> I'm not going to get started on Steve Rogers going back in time. Uh, all I'm going to say yeah, is. Six minutes over. Yeah, he was always, he was always in the past to begin with. He didn't create an alternate timeline. Okay. That's what Wait, the writer But is said. this 
interesting to think his going back and returning the gems to their rightful places. Mm-hmm. Like that introduces yeah. a concept of multiverses, I think. Uh, not if yeah, it always dude. happened that way to begin with. True. That's what I'm. That's what but I'm that's, betting on. That's, that's, that's getting my... into that's getting into vomit-inducing circles. Like yeah, uh, that's yeah. a whole other thing. Uh, for the sake of our sanities, uh, we'll 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 cut it there. So what uh, you're saying, what you're saying is the multiverse drives you a bit mad, doesn't it, Dimitri? A multiverse of madness, perhaps. Maybe I don't know. I don't know. Uh, I'll never care. I'm going crazy. I love the I'll never tell. I love the no. You got your bleeding on your nose there, bud. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I don't know. Um, thank you guys so much for coming on the show. Uh, thank you, the audiences. Uh, if there's anyone out there that's watching this either uh, live or afterwards or listening to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, thank SoundCloud, thank you. Uh, Do you say thank you, Mom? I said thank you, Paul. Oh, okay. Oh, and yes. Uh, thank Paul you, Paul. Is our mom. Thank you, Paul. Thank you, uh, Mom. <laughs> it's, you ever call your teacher Mom in like school? And it was like, oh, I. Like no, that ha- that happened. happened to me. No, I know that once. Fear for it happened once. Yeah. What? A lot of TGIF storylines had a, an episode that did that, but no. Uh, yeah, I remember one time I called my teacher mom, and I was like, uh, "Mom, I mean, uh, <laughs> uh, did I, I wake up any second now, right? Yeah. <laughs> what? Okay. Um. <laughs> Thank you, Paul, co-producer of the Keeg, uh, for holding down the fort in the comments, uh, always moderating. Not that we needed moderation today, but we have in the past, and we've we, we've uh, blocked three people for talking about their penis. Um, and so... Whoa, uh, what, a, what a milestone for a Twitch channel. Yeah, what? you're a real Twitch channel now, boy. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, that's how we know that we're making, you know, we're on the up and up. Um... Thank you guys, Winston, Lisa, for coming on the show, uh, you know, uh, on a Saturday when you guys can be out partying it up with, like, hundreds of people, you know, right now. Um, you know. Even if that was you mean like you. you mean, like, online? I wouldn't right? be doing it. Like, online, right? We can party with hundreds of people, like, in Second oh, Life, right? You guys haven't been, you guys haven't been going out and partying? I've been, I've been doing that the whole time. Um, Thank God this was a Zoom call. Yeah, man. For <laughs> real. <laughs> huh? This is a terrible bit to end on. <laughs> it really is. <laughs> even, Which... even if it was hard to go out, I wouldn't be going out. No. Yeah. That's not who I am That's as a true. human. That's the power of the introvert, buddy. <laughs> no. Uh, I've gotten a lot of Legos to keep me company recently. Uh, That's what I've been doing. Uh, it's an addiction, but uh, that's another talk for another time, perhaps at my intervention. Um, Winston, t- uh, yes. what's your social media? Where can we find you? Do you got anything coming up? Cool. Uh, yeah. Um, you can follow me on Instagram at the Winston Andrus. Uh, follow me on Twitter. I'm actually using my Twitter. 
also you're gonna see stuff on uh uh the handle is at me winston andrews uh i couldn't put the v because my name is too many characters for that to work um so follow me on at me winston andrews um but uh for new stuff not not much i've got not much that i can officially announce there's some stuff that's are in the works but um, okay i will i will tell just not now um, <laughs> i'll never tell <laughs> maybe maybe we do that maybe you dm me and i might might show you what what could be coming up okay but can't talk right. about right yeah 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 all right um, oh, also follow Specscript, my improv team at Specscript. They're an awesome genre uh, mashup team that uh, also will be moving on up in in terms of changes that are positive and good things. Excited awesome, about it. awesome man! Looking yeah. forward to it. Lisa, what's your social media? Where yeah. can we find you? What are you up to? My- what do you got going on? Well, my social media is Elsie, E-L-S-I-E-B writer. That's just me. That's my pen name because I was uh, Trixie and decided to take my first two initials and make it a first name Um, on Instagram and the Twitter. So it's the same on both. Um, Not I'm working on a book. Like if you follow me on Instagram, you'll pretty much figure out what I'm working on. Um, My first novel. Uh, I also... Uh, do freelance editing for fiction writers. So uh, check out my website, lcbryan.com for more details on that. I'm only updating soon with pricing and more services that I offer. Um, so yeah, that's what I'm up to. And just uh, uh, taking naps at home and playing video games sometimes. Yeah, I'm with you there. Uh, playing a lot of games, watching a lot of TV. I just finished two seasons of Rami. Um, and uh, I binge that like crazy. Uh, so, yeah. Uh, thank you guys so much for coming on the show. Winston, Lisa, thanks for everyone for watching and listening. Uh, if you're on Instagram, follow us. Uh, if you're on Twitch, click follow. We're almost to 50 followers. Uh, we get, you know, some Ooh, goodies once. Uh, I try to make it organic instead of, like, just asking all my family to create Twitch accounts and, like, click follow. I've tried to like keep it organic and be like, these follows are for people who actually want to follow us, uh, which is, you know, yeah. nice. So, uh, I follow yeah, none of that GMO follow stuff, you know, you know, it's uh, I'm with you, baby. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but if you like us, click follow on our Twitch and help us out. We, we, we need that. Um, if you're on Instagram at the Keeg show, we keep that updated. That's been pretty cool. Uh, we're also on Facebook, uh, uh, facebook.com slash the key and you can listen to our podcast so this episode the audio in entirety will be ripped and put on as our podcast for this episode so uh stay tuned for that that's pretty cool you know that's pretty cool uh are you flex lisa's flexing uh for the camera i'm ripped look at that oh okay. yeah i see it yeah i see it um so no, you uh, don't. Thank you. I haven't been doing a damn thing. I saw a shadow. Look, I saw a shadow there. There was something I saw. Okay. Um. Uh. It, it, I was about to say, oh, is that the thing? But then I also realized like the thing is more than just being buff. 
the thing is a pile of rocks. So you're not the thing. Right. You're just, you're Captain right. Marvel. There we go. Aw, that's an honor. <laughs> yeah. I appreciate it. <laughs> uh, thank you guys yet again. Who am I, uh, Someone what, lovable. Who am I, I'm trying to think of like someone lovable. I think you got. He's got. I, I think, think he's got a uh, Hank McCoy. You got Hank McCoy vibes, my dude. Yeah. Oh yeah. You're an he's educated man going for your masters. Come on now. Yeah. Soon to be. Soon to be PhD in <laughs> that's, that's, uh, geneticist. Um, genetics. Yeah, man. Yeah. Got some Hank McCoy in you. The beast. The I feel like that's also a pickup line. Hey, uh, you got any Hank McCoy in you? Hey, you got any Hank McCoy in you? Oh, my doors and garters. I think Hank McCoy would never use that. No. 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 He's too much of a gentleman. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> he'd be like, want to talk about how problematic Byron is? Uh, I think that was his his pickup line. Was it? Uh, okay. With Abigail Brand? I don't know. Okay. What about what? Abigail Brand. Good, everybody. Finish your show. Finish your show. Yeah. Alright. Thank you guys for oh, watching uh, The Keeg Live. Uh, the show where there's a geek, uh, new geek topic every geek week. Uh, next week. Uh, I would tell you what the topic is for next week, but I'll never tell. Oh. You've been watching the Keeg Live. I'm your host, Dimitri Pereira. Thank you. See you guys next week. Same uh, time, same Keeg time, same Keeg channel. Thanks so much. Take care.